We're continuing a series today. Actually, we're concluding a series of messages today called Overboard. It's the story of Jonah. And if you think about it, God sent Jonah. God had a mission for Jonah that he needed to say yes. We're going to continue and actually conclude that series today called Overboard. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have, Lord, to to be a part of your kingdom. We're just a part of your kingdom. Bless us as we continue this message today. And most of all, may we consider to obey your kingdom's call to go into our world, wherever that may be, here or into another world. May we consider your calling for our lives in Christ's name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, it's time for you to go. Basically, what we mean by that is to obey God's will and God's calling for your life. At some point in our lives, hopefully, we come to this place where we answer God's call. Now, I grew up Pentecost, and there was this, there was this real sense of that God calls you as a minister or a, a pastor, and, and God places a calling on your life that you, it's very important that you that you don't run from. But I grew up thinking that that was really, that's for a select few or that's for people that were called to preach. But we find out that that calling is for everyone. That your calling isn't necessarily to, to, to preach from a stage or you might not be called to preach, but everybody is called by God. And when that happens, when you say yes to God's calling, I, be, I believe that you begin to walk in God's blessing. And as you begin to walk in God's blessing, God begins to change you. And as God begins to change you, you begin to change your world, or in fact, God begins to change your world through you. And that's why it's important to answer yes to God's call and to walk in his calling and to, and to leave a lifestyle of sin. You don't have to be perfect, but to live and to strive according to God's plan for your life because God has a calling for your life that goes beyond you. And what happened with Jonah is he was running from that call. In fact, he was being disobedient. He had a 20, when God said, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh, Jonah disobeyed, headed 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. And you know that story, God had to get his attention. We talked about that in past messages. I'm not going to go into that right now. But in Jonah 3 and 1, after he decides to change his perspective, God got a hold of him through him being swallowed by a great fish and then being spit up on dry land. The Bible says this, Jonah 3 and 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given to you. This time, because he didn't want to be eaten by a fish a second time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. And the people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap, or another translation is is sackcloth, to show their sorrow. It was a sign of penance or a sign of, of grieving. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. The 10th verse. When God saw what they had done and how they had put on, or they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he threatened. Now we see that God had a plan for God's man. 
We see that, that Jonah actually had a calling and it wasn't just about him. You see, your calling, that God deals with you, that God leads you, it's not just about you. It is about you, but it's not just about you. And sometimes it's easy to forget that God has called us to a plan and a purpose and a destiny. I want you to look at 2 Timothy 1 and 8. It says, talks about that God has saved us, but he hasn't just saved us. He has called us to his holy calling, not because of our works or not because of anything that we've done or because we're good, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave to us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. You see, God had a plan and a purpose for your life even before the world began. He didn't just throw your life together. He didn't just say, oh, John's about to be born. I guess we better start thinking about what John's going to do with his life. I'm talking about before the ages began, God had a plan and a purpose for your life. He saved you and he called you before you were ever born. And when God calls you, I believe that involves three aspects of who we are. And I want to talk about those with the rest of my time. Number one, when God calls you, it's about your purpose. It's not just about your purpose, but it is about your purpose. Your individual, your personal purpose. You have a specific calling. I want you to think about that for a second. You have a unique calling. You have something that is intertwined with what your giftings and your desires and your talents. God has something specific for your life. Can I ask you a question? What makes you unique that you believe that God has called you to do something based on your unique, whether it be skills or talents or desires? Listen to me. You are not just a person. You are a person of purpose. Let me say that again. You're not just a person. You are a person of purpose. You're not just randomly born into this life, into a sea of a mass of millions of people. God is in all of his infinite power has made you unique. And what the enemy would like to do is he would like to cause you or he would like to have you believe that you're this random person, that your life doesn't matter, that what you do doesn't matter, that you can't make a difference. When God has called you, destined you to do something incredible in this life. In Romans 8 and 29, it talks about that. Listen to how special we are to the Lord. It says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, listen to these words of significance. He predestined, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and and those whom he justified, he also glorified. Listen to me. He didn't just call you. He predestined you before he called you. And then after he called you, he justified you. In other words, he made you right or in good standing with God. And then on top of that, if that were not enough, he glorified you. He made you special. He made you beautiful in his sight. That word glorified in the Greek, is the word for that is doxazo, which means to be celebrated or to bring honor. To celebrate or to bring honor. Now, we think about that word. I actually, we actually use that word in our praise and worship song today. Something about God, we give you glory. Show us your glory, Lord. When we say that, we say, Lord, show us your beauty. Show us your honor. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor. God has glorified us. Reminds me of a story. My uh, parents pastored a church 
or I'm sorry, my grandparents pastored a church in Tecumseh in the 1950s and 60s. And back then your, your house was right next to your church and it was called a parsonage. And, and you could, I mean, you could run and jump from my grandparents' parsonage to the church. So a lot of times my grandmother, her name was, my, my, my grandpa's name was Lucian. And my grandmother's name was Flora. But he didn't call her Flora, he called her Flory. And uh, they would have a lot of conversations. She would be in the house, and he would be, you know, a stone's throw over into the church, and they would have conversations while they were working back and forth. Well, my grandmother, she was in the house, and she was making lunch. And my grandpa, he was over in the church, and he was moving furniture around. As he was moving the furniture around, uh, the, the, the piano falls on him and wedges him into this, this corner. So he's hollering for my grandma, and he's saying, Flory, Flory. And she never came. He continues to yell for her, Flory, Flory. 20 minutes goes by. She finally walks in and says, what are you doing? He said, where have you been? I've been yelling for you. And she thought he was yelling glory. She thought he was having a prayer meeting in there. <laughs> so I don't know what you want me to do. Listen, he saved you and he has glorified you. When he glorified you, that means he's taking you from common to uncommon. He's taking you from ordinary to extraordinary. When he glorified you, what that means is you're no longer just special, but you're spectacular. Once you look at your neighbor and say, man, you look glorified today. Say that to each other tomorrow. Say that to your wife tomorrow. Baby, you look glorified today. Why? For the purpose of his calling. You know, Jonah was an Old Testament prophet that God had chosen for a particular purpose. But he forgot his purpose. And when he forgot his purpose, it corrupted his heart. He didn't want to go to Nineveh. And, and since he didn't, want to go to, he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he hated the Assyrians. If you think of an Old Testament prophet, in those days there was little or no word of God. So God would use prophets as walking words of God. They would illustrate the words of God. They would do weird things. They would wear weird clothes, and they would say things, and they were looked at as, as oddballs. But God would use them to speak to his People, he, he would, uh, the prophet would announce certain things to the people, just like he did in Nineveh. He said, in 40 days, God is going to destroy Nineveh. But what happened was he forgot his purpose and he ran from his purpose. You see, when you forget your purpose, it corrupts your heart. When you forget your purpose, it corrupts your heart and it may cause you to be disobedient. What is your purpose? Have you forgotten your purpose? What has God called you to do that you might be running from today? Just like Jonah, and he brought Jonah back from disobedience, could God be speaking to you today and bring you back from disobedience that you can walk in your purpose? So God's calling is about your purpose, but God's calling is also about, number two, is the Lord himself. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but God has an eternal and a universal purpose that you may not completely understand. The Apostle Paul talked to Timothy. He said, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but because of his own purpose. God has a purpose that we may not completely understand. Ephesians 1 and 9 talks about this. He says this, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ is to fulfill his own purpose regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is that plan. What is that plan? This is that plan. At the right time, God, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. 
Everything in heaven and on earth. Everything in heaven, not just on earth. We think God's plan is just about what's going on in earth. But there's another eternal plan that we don't know completely about. He says this. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Our purpose, our plan, our calling, our walk of faith is in conjunction and connected with what God is doing not only in this earth, but what God has been doing since the beginning of time. You see, we are involved in a world war that we can't even see. Revelation, the 12th chapter, talks about this. It says that there was a war in heaven before the world began, before, I mean, millenniums, before we even knew that even anything existed. We don't know when this took place. Revelation 12 says that there was war in heaven and a third of heaven was fooled and talked into leaving heaven. Lucifer himself led this war. That began what God was going to do. And God is using this earth and God is using mankind to bring about his will. Now, we don't know everything about this, but God has a universal plan in which he is bringing his plan and his will. So when I tell you that God has a plan, it's about this life, it's about this world, and it's also about the world past and it's about the world to come. So it's much, much bigger than just our work, our will, and our calling. Am I making sense? Ephesians 6 and 10 says this. It talks about being strong in the Lord and putting on the armor of Christ. The 12th verse says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. That sounds weird if you think about it. But it's true. There is an unseen world that is fighting your life. There is an unseen world that is attacking the church. There is an unseen world that's attacking your family. And the Bible says that we are involved in that spiritual war. And it takes place and we fight through our prayer life, through the reading and the speaking of the word. So when we say God has a plan for your life, it's all about that war too. It's not just about this earth. It's what God is going to do at the end of the ages. So God's calling and his plan is about your life and your purpose. It's also about his purpose or his, it's about the Lord himself. And finally, it's about our people or your people. It's about other people. In chapter four, Jonah is such an interesting book in the Bible because it's as much about Jonah as it is about the message of Jonah. That God has to do business with Jonah. He's quite a character. Every time he gets mad, He tells God, why don't you just kill me? I mean, that was his solution. That was his solution, you know, when when he had to go to Nineveh. That's what his solution, when it didn't turn out. Let me read it to you. Well, let me just tell you this. Once Jonah goes down and he announces to Nineveh, hey, look, God is going to destroy this city in 40 days. The Bible says he goes up on a cliff and he just waits. He wants to watch how this is going to go down. I want to see some... Hell, fire, and brimstone come down on Nineveh. He's just sitting there, and he's waiting. He's waiting for this to happen. While he's there, the sun's beating down on him, so he finds this this shade bush, if you will, and he's sitting under this this, this plant or whatever, and he's enjoying himself, just waiting, waiting for God to destroy these people. 
And the Bible says that God sends a worm that destroys that plant, and that plant withers and dies and blows away. And Jonah gets mad and upset with God, and he says, God, why don't you kill me? Anything's worse than this warm sun. And God scolds him, and he says this to him, Jonah 4 and 10. I believe these are the last verses of the book of Jonah. He says, then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all of the animals. Let me just stop right there and get distracted. Can I get distracted for a second? I'm probably going to do it anyway, but. He's, God cares about the people, but is it, it's interesting that he mentions the animals. He also cares about the animals, which means I probably shouldn't be mean to cats anymore. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe he doesn't. God doesn't care about cats. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So then he goes, shouldn't I feel sorry? God says, listen, you, didn't, you care more about this plant than you care about these people. You didn't do anything. In other words, I planted this city. This is one of the oldest ancient cities in the world at that time. I, I put these people there, and I care about these people. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? You know, it's easy for us to forget about the fact that God has called us to reach our world. I mean, we want to be blessed, we want to prosper, we get to thinking about what, we, what God would give us for our lives, and we forget that there is a world dying and hungry for him, and they don't even know it. If we're not careful, we will forget about that. Jonah, there's 120,000 people that are delved in sin. It's an evil city, but I love those people, and I'm sending you, Jonah, to save those people. Luke 19 and 10, Jesus gives his mission. He said, I've come to seek and to save the lost. He's not willing, the Bible says, that anybody should perish. And we can't forget that. As a church, sometimes we forget, we, we think that, you know, we tend to live in our bubble. We want to be, we're, we're happy that we're saved and sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit on our way to heaven. We're excited about that, that we forget that there is a world beyond us that doesn't know Christ. They haven't been given the truth. I am so thankful that I was raised knowing the truth. All of my life, I don't know what it feels like to not grow up in church, but my heart goes out for people that have not experienced that truth. And sometimes if, I don't get, if I'm not careful, I'll get distracted and I will forget that every single day of my life, 70% of this community, if God does not save them, they're not going to heaven. We've got to remember and that's what God was saying to Jonah. You care more about your own well-being And you care about the people that are dying and don't know me. Your calling is about you, yes, but it's not just about you. Your calling is about your purpose, which and your purpose is wrapped up in God's purpose. But most of all, your calling is about reaching others. God has a purpose for your life, and He deposited truth into your life because He wants to do something in your life. That's how I can let my daughter go. Man, I'm I'm, I'm selfish with her. I don't want her to go. I'm praying, God, you know, there's a mission field in Oklahoma. There's a mission field in Shawnee. You know, 70% of our community doesn't go to church. God, there's, there's people here, but, it, but what I remember is God sends us into other parts of the world because he knows that we can impact other people. Who better to send in other parts of the world to help plant churches and help grow up churches than a girl that's a little bit wild-minded that grew up in church her entire life. How do we do that? We're thinking about the other people. We're thinking about the people that don't know Christ 
Amen? We have to remember every day. And you don't have to go into other parts of the world. Listen to me. The most impactful thing that you can do every single day of your life is go to your job and be an example. We live in a very secular society today. It's, it's becoming very unpopular to be a Christian. You believe that? It's unpopular. If you don't believe that, go into your environment, any environment, and just, just say the name of Jesus in any, in any way, and it makes everybody, it shuts down the room. You said Jesus. I'm talking about not cussing. I'm just saying, hey, that's okay. It's okay to cuss in, in our society. It's okay to use his name in vain, but you say it as a sense of hope, and that shuts down the entire room. Party's over. Because we live in a very secular society, so the most impactful thing that you can do today is be an example. Not just to your family, but in, in your environment. God has called you. You don't have to go across the world to reach people. You can do it right here in your community. Amen? But the thing is, is we remember that our lives are about other people who don't know Christ. Amen? Think about this today as, as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us here today. And thank you for speaking to us. And thank you, Lord, for confronting us with the truth. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to every heart and every life. And, Lord, I pray that you'll bring about change as you confront us. And I know, Lord, that you're going to speak to people today about our lives, about our calling, about our purpose. And I pray, Lord, that we will answer yes in the name of Jesus. As your heads are bowed, I want to read a scripture to you, then I want to pray with you. 2 Corinthians 5 and 15 says, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ. I think a lot of times we live for ourselves. I just want to say it again. God's calling, it's about you, but it's not just about you. And if we're not careful, we'll head down the wrong path, head in the wrong direction, walk in disobedience. Yeah, we live for God. He's Lord and Savior of our lives, but we'll walk in disobedience as Christians and miss out on the calling of God for our lives. Is that you today? You live for God. It's not about salvation. It's about obedience. Could God be calling you to walk in a certain path? Could God be pulling at your heart that he has a calling and a purpose for your life. Think about that as I pray with you. Father, I thank you for this church and I thank you, Lord, that we have given our lives to you and thank you, Lord, that we serve you. Thank you, Lord, for a mission-minded church. And I pray, Lord, that you will speak to every person, that you will speak to every heart. And Lord, I pray for my Christian brothers and sisters if Lord, if there's a change that needs to take place, if there's something that we need to let go of, if there's a path that we need to take, it, Lord, if there's something that we need to do at home that's causing us or something that's causing us not to obey your will and your calling for our lives, I pray, God, we release that. And we turn from headed in the wrong direction like Jonah was. And we follow your path, your plan, your will and your destiny for our lives. In the name of Jesus, if you receive that same man, if you'll continue to bow your heads, I want to pray one more prayer. If you're here 
and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life for whatever reason. Maybe you can say, Travis, I've never given my life to Christ. I've never said Jesus be Lord and Savior of my life. Maybe that's your story. Or maybe your story is, Travis, I I walked away from God. I, I gave my life to Christ years ago and I walked away from God. There's no evidence of Jesus being Lord and Savior. I've walked in disobedience. You know whether or not you're right with God. You don't need me to say that. If you can say that, I'd like to lead you in a prayer. For whatever reason, today you want to be right with God. I want to pray with you. I won't ask you to stand. I won't ask you to come down here. I won't single you out in any way. I won't embarrass you. This is between you and God. I would like to know if I'm praying for people. I would like to know if people are serious about this. So if you can say that, you can say, Travis, I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to make a decision to follow Christ. And I would like for you to pray that prayer. And we'll all pray it together. Just slip your hand up and slip it down. Can anybody say that? That's me, Travis. See your hand right there. You can put it down. Anybody else? I just want to know if anybody's here that's serious about this. One more time I'm going to ask. Then I'm going to see your hand right there. Anybody else? I don't want to get in too big of a hurry. One more time, and then we're going to move on. That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today as you pray, and I'm serious about this. Anybody else before we pray? Okay, we're going to pray, and I don't know if I saw everybody. I know we had at least a couple. God saw your hand. God saw your heart. And even if you didn't raise your hand, repeat this prayer after us and mean it with all your heart. Today's the day you give your life to Christ. Let's all pray together. Repeat after me, dear Heavenly Father, I'm before you today, and I give you my life. Jesus, I ask you to be Lord and Savior of my life. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and wash me clean and whole. And I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me and rose from the dead. And from this moment on, my life is committed to you in the name of Jesus Amen. Come on, guys, let's celebrate. Thank you, Lord.